Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Jeremy Novak from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thank you for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Liskey from Mayo Clinic's Department of Nephrology and Hypertension in Rochester, Minnesota, to discuss recent updates to Mayo Clinic Laboratories urine supersaturation testing. Welcome, Dr. Liskey, and thank you for joining us today. To get us started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, I'm glad to be here. I'm a nephrologist, but I also have a, a big commitment in laboratory medicine with a long time interest in biomarkers of kidney disease and diagnosing kidney disease. In the clinical sphere, I have a long-time interest in kidney stone disease, so I see a lot of patients with kidney stones, and then we also have a research lab where we've been working on understanding the uh, pathogenesis and treatments of kidney stones. We have a lot of clinical trials in kidney stone disease, so a big-time interest in both laboratory medicine as well as some kidney stones. Great, thanks for the background. To get us started here in, in terms of supersaturation testing, could you give us a, a brief overview of urine supersaturation testing, things like how it should be used, how it can benefit providers and their patients, et cetera? Sure, so you know, kidney stones as a general thing are, are quite common. So you know, 10 plus percent of people might have a kidney stone in their lifetime. So they're very common. Unfortunately, we don't know everything about why people do get kidney stones but certainly having an overly concentrated urine is a big part of it. And in fact, you really do have to have a concentrated urine or what we call supersaturated urine to develop a kidney stone. So that's definitely a prerequisite. Understanding what kind of supersaturation you have is, is very important. So if we can um, measure your urine and understand if you have too much calcium oxalate supersaturation or calcium phosphate uric acid, that sort of thing. It'll tell us what kind of risk you might have for those types of kidney stones. And then we also get other information from that. So to understand that supersaturation, we're actually measuring individual things in your urine. So how much things like calcium and oxalate, citrate, things that are important for kidney stones, as well as the urine volume that's very important. So all of those things go into this supersaturation calculation. So that's the final result certainly is quite important, but then also those individual things that go into making the urine supersaturated in a given person are, are quite important. Many people may be overconcentrated or supersaturated in the urine for calcium oxalate in particular. That's the very most common type of kidney stone. You know, maybe 80% of people with stones may have a calcium oxalate stone, but why one person gets it versus another person can be quite different, even though they're Overall, supersaturation is high in all instances. Maybe in some people, it's too much calcium is going out in the urine and other people too little volume. So their urine is very concentrated just because it's very little water intake and output. So other people may be very high oxalate. So I think there's many different pieces of information that are quite important from that sort of a study that helps us understand the risk of a patient and exactly why they might be at risk. It's also very important for some of these genetic causes. So there are rarer patients that have underlying genetic causes of their kidney stone disease. And some of these can be quite serious and lead to even kidney failure. 
And so looking in the urine and there are certain real triggers to thinking the person might have one of these causes, such as very high oxalate. Making that diagnosis early and um, then getting them on the right treatment can be very important, not only for preventing kidney stones, but also for preventing bad outcomes like kidney failure down the road. Great. Thank you very much for that background. It sounds like this is a really important test to help providers take care of patients, to help prevent these painful kidney stones in these patients. I understand that Mayo recently made some updates to the results report for our supersaturation tests, adding more detailed diagnostic and therapeutic comments, as well as a new section in the report uh, to include a patient's prior test results as well. Can you tell us a little bit about these changes and how, the, how you think they'll help providers better care for their patients? On the one hand, you know, as we were talking about, the, these results are, are very important and can really be a real important clue to both the diagnosis of a given patient as well as understanding what the treatments might be, the options might be for a given patient. On the other hand, it's a somewhat complicated set of numbers. And so people that do this, like I see a lot of patients with kidney stones. I look at these test results, literally tens of them every week. And uh, after a while, you get a pretty good feel for it. And it's very intuitive. But most people, they're not doing that in the same way. Getting the most information from these reports can be very daunting and complicated. And it just does can make people not even want to order the test if they can't really interpret it correctly. So what we're trying to do with these reports is to try to make these results much more intuitive to providers that might have kidney stone patients, because again, it's a very common disease. There's lots of these patients out there and not all of them can go to see a specialist. So I think it's important to disseminate this testing ability out there into the community. And so with the report where we're doing several things, we're trying to summarize these results for the given test. So if you order a test uh, this week, you'll get back the report. And so we tried to develop graphics that show these key numbers like the calcium excretion or the volume, highlight those, also show what's a high-ish value versus a low-ish value, what's increasing the risk of a patient of a given number versus decreasing it with red and green coloring. Because it's not usually just a abnormal yes, no for a lot of these values, but gradations of normal to abnormal and risk can be either very low, very high, somewhere in between. And so the uh, reports are trying to show that graphically for each one of the, the, the key analytes in the urine that we're measuring. And uh, in addition, um, provide some interpretive comments that go with that particular result. So if a patient does have what looks like high urine calcium, for example, there will be a comment to that and um, drawing a person's attention to that. Some of the other comments are more complicated. So there may be combinations of things in the urine that point to other things like, for example, maybe the patient has diarrhea, which is, can be an important, if people have chronic diarrhea, can increase your risk of kidney stones. And so there's combinations of things we might see in the urine that would be a tip-off to that. And so we're looking at those and trying to generate comments that would help guide a provider to, to think about things that might be going on in their given patient. So that's one of the, the key things. We also have a, sort of an overall guide, if you like, at the end. So everything that we're measuring it explains what that is and, and, and why it might be important for kidney stone disease. So there's a section towards the end that has all that detail. So somebody really wants to, to, at least on their first patient, or even go back and review this, I think that will be very helpful for people that don't do this a lot to understand you know, what the urine calcium is and what the urine protein catabolic rate is and things like that and why you might want to know that. So that is in the report. And then I think uh, the very exciting thing that we've been working on very hard here the last uh, year 
is trying to pull together historical results. It's been a challenge for us, uh, for our referral clients, to summarize what's been going on over time in a given patient. And this is very important when you see people. A lot of times we have an initial test result and we may make some recommendations, some dietary changes, some medications. But then it's very important to understand, well, did that actually work? Did things get better? When we see them here at Mayo, that's all in the medical record and easy to do. But for the Mayo Clinic Lab clients, we haven't really been able to pull together your result from last month or last year together with today's results, or even if you have 10 results over the last 10 years. And those trends over time can be very, very helpful for somebody. So working very closely with a very big team, we've been able to develop the infrastructure to get that reporting into what we're calling a longitudinal report that shows these results in a table type format at the end over time for as many results as a patient might have that we can pull. In addition, adding a little bit of graphics to that with color coding. So trying to color things red or yellow that are of medium or high risk. So you can kind of draw your attention to those things amongst all the other numbers. And then finally, some interpretive comments that are looking at changes of the current value versus the recent value. So for example, if the urine calcium is lower, you might get a comment that the, the calcium excretion looks better, or maybe it looks worse. And and things like that to also kind of highlight things that you may want to pay attention to when you're seeing this given patient. So I just want to give a shout out to our team because I know this has been a very heavy lift. A lot of people have worked on this to try to make it come to fruition. I think we're very happy to see it go live. That sounds great, Dr. Liskey. Thank you very much for sharing the details on Mayo Clinic's updates to our supersaturation testing reports. It sounds like this is really going to help make it easier for providers to care for their patients and make it easier to understand the reports. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, the other thing I want to point out is that um, we can tweak this over time so that we would really like to get any feedback that people have, things that they like, they don't like, so uh, we can make it even better next year. Great. That sounds great. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.